You're tuned in to the Trademark Productions podcast, discussing all things web, tech, marketing, design, and business from sunny Detroit. Sound good? Let's get started. It is, it is, it is, and we're live on the air right now. Um, Different type of a podcast that's cool and different, but we thought about more of taking things internally and talk a little bit because a lot lately, brand, identity, designed, uh, redesign, looking at what really makes a company stand out and going a little bit deeper into it. So we have with us Ashley Remstad, who's our marketing coordinator, and Andrea, who likes to be referred to as Andy. Anders, and she's one of our talented graphic designers. Ashley frequently brings her little dog, Lewis, who's a chihuahua mix to the office. What is that even relevant for? He wears a sweater. Who cares? She has a dog. And um, both Ashley and Andy recently participated in some other efforts that we had inside of the office here, too. We're doing a little bit of a culture thing, and they've kind of got a little group going on. But we're, we're talking more about the color theory and psychology um, behind a buyer. And so let's get down to business. Um, Ashley wrote a blog just frequently that was titled Web Design, Color Psychology, and the Buyer Emotion. So you can reference the blog. It's over at our site. The actual blog is part of our site, but you can actually find that article there. And you can follow along in this podcast as a visual aid. So let's start first with Ashley. You majored in psychology and in college. Yes. And you got your certificate. So how did this topic kind of pique your interest segueing over to marketing? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I think psychology in general is very interesting. Um, but psychology plays – a color psychology plays a bigger role in marketing than I had ever really realized before. So it's interesting to see how color can impact buyer – Behavior. Um, I mean, any anywhere from uh, the difference between a green and a blue call to action button. So um, it's really been interesting to see in a real world marketing situation how big of an impact color really has. The feeling of a color and how it invokes someone to do something. And then also, I mean, we get deeper into that too when we build out sites, we build out pages, or we take colors into consideration. Um, how is that going to play out? It's getting a lot better now with Retina Display and with the uh, evolution of technology for mobile devices because they display color pretty damn true but before it's always been your screen is only going to render colors in rgb unless you have some very high-end photography screens so your colors are going to be a little bit skewed so you have to be very very careful because certain warm or cool settings on a monitor will display some type of teal color as more of a green or more of a um, fluorescent blue depending on your settings so Mm -hmm. you have to take those into consideration if that's going to be disruptive to someone that's viewing um, its piece of artwork or it's a website or it's going to be more of a converting factor why they would do that Um, I guess for the both of you um, give us a general overview of color psychology and color theory I I really want to hear more about and I I definitely want our customers and our clients and our listeners to know the different perspectives from a marketing standpoint and a design standpoint Um, yeah so uh, color psychology Color is basically all around us every day, and I think it impact, impacts us a lot more than we even realize. Um, so color psychology is basically the study of how color impacts behavior, actions, emotions, etc. Um, and it's really just 
the study of how color impacts behavior. Um, but I think color psychology or color persuasion, I almost prefer to refer to it as, um, as it relates to branding and marketing is far, far more complex than we even realize. Um, and I think it comes down to kind of testing what is best for your product, your company, and uh, your audience. And really kind of, especially with a website, doing A-B testing um, and really just finding out what works best for you. Andy, you want to add anything from um, a design perspective? Yeah, I mean, I'm coming more from like the th- color theory um, side of it. And Tell us more about that go into that that really is like laying out the guidelines of um kind of what colors to use together and um mostly like the color mixing um combining colors together so it's um it's based off of like the standard color wheel and um that takes your primary colors blue red and yellow and then it mixes those together to create your secondary colors green violet and orange and then your primary and secondaries can be mixed together, and those give you your tertiary colors, which are yellow, orange, red, orange, red, purple, those kind of colors. So um, you can always go back to the color wheel to reference which colors are going to work together. Um, that's called color harmony. Um, and how does, that, how does that segue over to you know, what will you be doing for clients? I mean, this is training, this understanding, this consideration when someone comes in here and says, I'm looking to design a logo. I'm looking to do this or that. I have this business card, my 17-year-old daughter-in-law. Daughter-in-law. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Somebody. I heard someone off of Craigslist. They designed this for me, and this is all I have. What do I go from here? How do we develop a website? How do we develop some type of literature for them? How does the theory come into play? Yeah, so that's going to help you find, um, I guess, just to narrow down, like, what your actual branded colors are going to be. Like, usually people are going to come knowing at least that they want a blue or something, and... Uh, I guess there's really like a combination of color psychology and color theory that goes into that within knowing that a complementary color to blue is going to be a yellow and then uh, kind of figuring out like, well, you know, what is yellow symbolizing? Like, oh, do we want to go that direction? Or um, are we going to want to, you know, shift the color wheel over a little bit and choose it maybe a different blue than they originally went with to match their orange that they you know, are deciding it's going to work better. So there's some historic references to it and why it works together, how there is, as it said, there's theory and harmony with it. Mm-hmm. So if you're suggesting to go with a type of a blue, how that would be complementary if you were to use something that would be on a logo, that would be on a website, that would be on some type of graphic art that would be appropriately done in the reasons why. Yeah. I wanted to mention, too, um, that there was a couple of interesting studies done on the role of color that plays on branding. One was called um, The Interactive Effects of Colors, and the other was uh, The Exciting Red and Confident Blue. I'm sure if you Google search those, they'll be easy to find. Um, And basically, it revealed that color and branding comes down to appropriateness. Um, So, i.e., does the color fit well with what is being sold? Um, And then also... Like hot pink for a limo company. Right. not a great thing unless you're... In Vegas. Or, I mean, I think a good example is like Harley Davidson. If you're selling to, um, you know, people that are going to be riding motorcycles and you kind of had this like rugged brand, you're not going to put like hot pink and glitter on the side of a motorcycle or in your logo or, you know, on a uh, ad or something because it's really not appropriate for 
your brand as an identity or even the uh, to market to the audience. And appropriation is based off of that audience target. Oh, well, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Um, and also just the personality of the brand, too. Um, but I mean... I think another good example is if you think about um, if you're like a holistic or an environmental friendly brand, you always see them going for like the greens and the clean look and um, a lot of white space. Um, So if you're trying to sell something organic, you're definitely not going to go with like some bold black color logo or this dark website. Right. You want to keep within your industry. Right. You want to make customers realize, unless you're really going to go completely balls out, <laughs> you're really going to change something around. Um, and you have the marketing dollars against that to get the brand ability, to get the marketing, the exposure to it. You're going to stay within those industry standards so people feel comfortable and they can immediately relate to what it is you're having because it seems similar to something else. Um, can't sell a three-wheeled car. Right. They've tried to do it in history. It just doesn't work. You need four <laughs> wheels. There's a lot of reasons for it, but that stood out, but it still stood out that it wasn't correct. So yeah. interesting stat is 90% of, of product assessments have to do with color. 85% of the reason you purchased a specific product is dependent on its color as well. So Andy, when you're designing a website, is color something that you take in consideration or is that more of a direction that comes from the client as well? How do you, how, how do we and you here at Trademark decipher that, that path? Yeah, um, and that varies client to client. Um, So it's definitely a common practice to start in, or not to start on a web design until I've been provided with a logo from the client. And um, if it's a newer company and I'm creating the logo, um, that's going to make a difference um, if I'm choosing all of their colors, um, starting fresh, or if I'm going to be choosing colors that are going to be complementing the existing logo. And um, it's just really important that uh, any of the colors that I use are not going to be overpowering their existing brand standards so that they have that, um, that recognition in their brand. Ultimately, we are going to use our experience, our training that's been on the job, that's been in the field, that's going to be college, that's going to be historic um, from an educational level, and take that and encompass it what it is, the vision that you have, what it is you're trying to get across, and help that to influence an appropriate way of what that end product should be. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, if you do want that pink elephant dancing on your homepage, you do want that hot pink and hot purple logo because that's your four-year-old daughter's favorite color set, and that's what you want to pay for. You can get that, but we're definitely going to steer you in, in a direction that's going to be appropriate mm-hmm. for a number of different reasons. Andy, you've ever been in a situation when a client was picking terrible color schemes f- for what they were trying to accomplish, and, and what did you do, and how did you walk through that path? Um, well, yes, I've definitely found myself in that situation, and um, I typically try to recommend the next closest kind of a color option without straying too far away from what they want. So um, I've actually whipped out my color wheel before to show clients um, to actually, like, show them the, you know, a straight line is usually going to be better or just where within their colors are, are matching up to create those lines that logically have, you know, proven to, to work well together. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So not only are we going to do it, but we're going to show you. And again, we're going to back up and make it feel good Mm -hmm. and get you on the right road. Ashley, I think that through time, people have associated the color blue with males and the color pink with females. That's been historic. I mean, it's going back 
movies, we have archives of pictures and history documentation, and that's always been the thing. Give us an idea based off of your educational experience, the actual psychology behind marketing women through colors, and tell us which colors women and men really love the most based off of facts. Um, so it's kind of a multifaceted question, I would say, um, and definitely a topic that you know kind of starts to encompass cultural anthropology, gender stereotyping, gender identity, social norms, um, even cultural norms and the differences between, uh, you know, America and India would be completely different, for instance. Um, but I don't, when it comes to actually facts between men and women, um, there's definitely a couple of proven facts that, you know, men stick to the primary colors. They like the, um, you know, like the red reds and uh, women tend to go towards more of like the hues of those colors, and but when it comes to what they actually, when it comes to what they actually prefer, I think it's all more about preference. And um, I don't know how much that there's actually. Is there actually? Did I put it in here? Yeah, we're just going to go ahead and reference some of the notes out. that she put together for this podcast that she's not referencing. Get a little reeducated to it. But while we're doing that. Andy, talk about color philosophy since you're a designer. I mean, what drives you to pick certain colors or even what you were taught in school that you gravitate towards? Do you see that that's more personally done? How do you step outside of that and focus on more what the customer wants? I mean, have you found your own path and style to be something you have to stick to or how do you navigate between the two of those? Um, well, that's something that I can have a really hard time with sometimes. Um, I've got to remember to take a step back and remove myself from personal preferences and always come back and think what's going to be best for the client. Um, for example, orange is a color that I probably would never use on anything for myself, but it's a great color. And sure, it's I awesome. Can, <laughs> and I can, you know, achieve color harmony within it. And um, so I try to remain really neutral, um, especially when I don't fall into the target audience. It's a little bit different when it's a client where I can, you know, see that they're actually targeting someone like me. Like, then I'll actually bring up my concerns with... Um, my, my personal preferences a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in, like, my own work, I definitely have favorite colors, just like anyone would, and so I do kind of have those go-tos, and then um, there, there's enough of, like, certain industries that I've, you know, worked on projects for that there's still those those colors that they tend to use. Ashley had brought up, like, the any eco-friendly brands you're going to see them using greens like there's the, there's those ones that are recognizable that you need to um they they want to stay industry specific specific follow yeah. from those lines mm-hmm. don't jump out of the norm all right so in closing let's kind of give a little bit more of an idea from each of you 30 seconds a customer walks in they are interested in knowing more about how color theory and psychology is going to apply to their project what are some tips what are some suggestions you're going to give them let's start with you Ashley okay um so I really would uh want to kind of dive into their brand kind of get a feeling of um what exactly they're all about um if they contribute to any community projects, if they're really just a feel of their brand in general and their product. Um, and then we would kind of start to talk about their audience and who who exactly is their audience, who are they trying to market to. And um, from there, we could really 
begin to build upon what colors would be best suitable for their audience. Great answer. Andy? Um, I can't say that I'd be that far off. I mean, I think that's a really accurate uh, way to assess the color needs of a client. Um, One thing that's always good is to take a look at their competitors and just make sure that you're one-upping anyone who um, has already, I don't know, gone a certain path that is correct or um, just doing better. Cool, cool. Well, we're going to have a lot more information on our website associated with the podcast. We'll have some links out to some different findings and and stuff that Ashley was talking about as well to help you along and help you with your own research as well. And as always, don't be afraid to call us and talk to one of these individuals because we're always happy to help you out to make your project successful. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. Remember, you can post comments or want to be on the show. Head on over to tmprod.com and hit the podcast section. All content on this show is copyright by Trademark Productions or their respectful owners and cannot be reproduced without express permission. Thanks for being a part of Rebuilding Detroit with us.